The Gym Class Zeros Podcast, where the zeros are the heroes. going on everybody welcome back to another edition of the gym class zeros podcast we're here with uh i think it's just the three of us today the four of us if you include brewmaster kyle can't can, can't ever forget brewmaster kyle let's quickly do a round table like we always do i'm back here same guy nothing's new it's george what's up guys it's seti here well, you guys are just real enthusiastic this week eh just very nonchalant. What's up, guys? It's George. What's up, guys? It's Seti. Have some fucking energy here. What's going on here? I'm Have just trying energy. to change it up from my from my normal. What's up, guys? It's Seti. Well, oh, fair enough, I guess. But I mean, trying to keep us on a, on our toes. Bring it up a notch, not down a notch. You know, you're a happy guy. You're not depressed. You know. Uh, so yeah. So show us you're happy. What's going on, guys? It's your boy Coach. Back for another episode. Let's do it. For once, I actually agreed with Coach. That sounded like a yoga session interview. So, you know, let's pick up the pace. I know I'm not. I'm usually the energy of the crowd, but uh, anyways, Brewmaster Kyle here. Brewmaster Kyle. As always, you guys can check us out on Twitter at Gym Class Zeros Pod with a zero and at Gym Class Zeros Pod on Instagram. One thing we need you to do this week for us: do me a favor. If not for me, do it for Coach. Wherever you're listening, either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google, whatever the fuck Google's podcast platform is, make sure you guys give us a a rating. Like, give us five stars, preferably. Don't give us one star. If you're going to give us one star, don't give us a rating. But give us, like, a five-star rating. Leave a comment in there, like a review. Say how great George is and and how average Brewmaster Kyle is. So so just just drop it in there. Let us all know. We'd appreciate it. Soaring to the top in 2022. I believe the word you were looking for, George, is bland. How bland he is. Oh, we're using your government name. Your government name, which is also your podcast name. Yes, yeah, Brewmaster. Let's ri- let's just write. Let's just jump right into it, Brewmaster Kyle. What do you got brewing for this week? Well, this week uh, we're sticking close to home, just out in the Ottawa Valley, and uh, we're going with the Ashton Brewing Company Blueberry Wheat. I know I've had this before. I know you guys have too. So let's uh, let's crack in and enjoy. Giving away our secrets. Secrets. It's supposed to be the first time we try the beer every week. Oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Hope you guys enjoy this one. It's uh, brand new. Just came out. Well, beer aficionados like ourselves, we can't expect us to, to, to just have a bunch of beers that we've never tried. We try so many every single day. Like Coach, for example, he wakes up, crushes usually, what, a, a Blondale around 7 a.m.? Old Coors Light. Yeah, well, some people have coffee to start their day. I have a a, a, a blonde ale. A blonde ale. <laughs> and just to, bison. Just to make sure I'm doing it right, we're supposed to pour, pour this one straight down, right? Like last week's? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Give it a good shake first and pour it directly upside down. Mm-hmm. And I am uh, in no way liable for anyone's messes at home, whoever listens to this. We're going to get ourselves in trouble here, Brewmaster <laughs> Kyle. Can, can you provide right, proper it. instruction, please? Pour it like any other beer or just drink it out of the can. I'm not a beer snob. Mm. That's real good. That's uh, not a whole lot of blueberry, but I'm not offended by that. It's um, it's very mild, but it's it's nice. It's a nice hint. I'm getting uh, like a breadiness to it, but uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, this is real tasty. Uh, I know you guys know or are aware of the fact that this is a staple in my fridge. Uh, any any ABC beer really is. Uh, I usually pick up at least one or two every time I hit up the the LCBO. So, yeah, this is one of my favorites. I really really like uh, the blueberry wheat. Uh, unlike producer segs, I do like beer. I don't only like beers that just taste like beer. I like uh, some fruity beers as well. So this is. Right up my alley, and uh, yeah, this is a, a really tasty one for sure. I want to see what you guys think about this because I think for me, when I think blueberry beer, automatically I think Broadhead Blueberry Blonde, which is coincidentally the first thing that Coach usually drinks in the morning. We said he likes blonde ales. He's a big blueberry blonde guy. 
So where does this rank to you compared to Blueberry Blonde? I prefer this one. It's I think very... this one has a, I find this one has a, a richer flavor over the blonde, which I think goes well with kind of the sweetness of the blueberry. Uh, so I, I think I much prefer this one uh, myself. I completely agree. I mean, I'm not saying the Blueberry Blonde from Broadhead is bad. It's absolutely not. It's a delicious beer. I do find their blueberry flavor comes out stronger because it's not um, balanced by the richness of the malts that you're getting and the wheat. Um, but I, I will say both beers are good. This one just has a slight edge. George, what do you think? I know you're a big fan of the blonde. I'm a big fan of the blueberry blonde. Honestly, the first time I had it was on draft. Blew my mind. And then I had it no in, the, in the can. Exactly. Then I had it in a can, and it disappointed me a little bit. It's not. It's 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 one of those beers I find that's very different between draft and can. But I'll bring it back to what we're actually talking about here, which is the ABC blueberry wheat. Uh, this is is real nice. I don't know if I'm gonna I'm gonna put this ahead of blueberry blonde. Shout out Broadhead, but but this is solid. I'm a big like when it comes to all these more fruity like what you said said like the, the, when it comes to the fruity beers give me some blueberry uh i'm a big big fan of, of things that kind of come out of left field a little bit different not so traditional for example peanut butter shake it's one of my faves fruit and uh, sours. those are the kind of things yeah the fruit and sours only in the summer though i can't do sours in the winter and uh actually, also, Colin, uh, sorry go, go ahead. ahead i was gonna say you mentioned the kind of the bready flavor now that you you kind of put that in my mind the more i drink it the more I, i'm kind of getting like a blueberry pie flavor yeah it, it kind of tastes like a blueberry pastry like a blueberry turnover or something um i think it's really well balanced and uh i i give this one a good rating another thing Perfect. about this brewery they have a tremendous brew house um really great food great beer and great atmosphere it kind of looks like an old uh bavarian uh brew house it's uh really something to see so if you're ever in the auto valley definitely go check that out a perfect dessert beer i would say which is going to bring me to my next point about uh where i want to bring seti on this especially uh, when it comes to cold cuts what's your least favorite cold cut to cut this is a really random question i don't know where the hell this came from uh but since you're asking it's probably got to be the uh the wax baloney wax baloney baloney Love Before it. we came on here, we were discussing kind of economics and uh, and and the struggle of of buying bologna in a tube. Uh, and for those of you that don't know, um, said he used to work as a deli. Is it what? What's the official title? Deli counter, deli clerk. Attendant? Thank you very much, De- deli clerk. Uh, and so he was telling us how how much he likes bologna, but doesn't like cutting bologna. Coach, I know you like bologna. You wanna wanna pipe in here? Nothing like like a. You take, you know, you cut up a slice of bologna, you fry it. I think the term you guys use is a, um, a Newfoundland steak, but I just Newfie wanted steak. to Newfie steak. I but I just wanted to echo what what uh, what you said about working in the deli. As a matter of fact, that was also my first job. I was a deli clerk as well, and uh, it, I didn't last very long. Uh, for every every slice of meat I cut, I ate one. So I was definitely eating into the profits. So uh, safe to say, my employment at the deli didn't last very long. But I love me some bologna. I was going to say, didn't you? Didn't you last like like three weeks or something? No, I lasted like I think I lasted three four months. I didn't pass the probation, and they said, yeah. "Okay, well, you know, it's not working out." I said, "Okay, sounds good. Let me take some ham home." So I took some ham with me, went home, never stepped foot in that deli again. And that's that's the end of it. That's the end of my history in the deli. While we're on the topic of bologna, actually, when oh, have you guys ever fried it? <laughs> um, if you guys have ever fried it, do you guys cut slits on the edges, yeah. maybe three or four? Do you do you that? Have to. You, you have need to, to or else it'll curl. Exactly. It bowls. Yeah. Yep. Meat Speaking science. Bowl, Super Bowl is coming up. Yeah. Nice transition. Look at that transition. Nice segue, right? That's a good. That's a guy. great transition. Before we move on to Super Bowl, I, I need to give a special shout out to to Kyle here. As some of you may know, Kyle is not necessarily a like he doesn't his undergrad was not in beer. 
he actually majored in physics. And I learned today that Bryson DeChambeau also majored in physics, who is, I think, the number eighth golfer on the PGA Tour right now. So world rankings, he's number eight. He's the eighth best golfer in the world who's a physics major. And we have the, I guess, the 17th best brewmaster on in the world who's also a physics major. I was going to say ninth best golfer, but it's fine. That's for another episode. <laughs> okay. That's great, Brewmaster Kyle. Another fantastic edition of Brew, Blends Brew of the Week, which was ABC's Blueberry Wheat. Thanks a lot, buddy. Thanks, guys. Let's quickly jump to this Wednesday in sports history. We got to say Coach was having some technical issues earlier, uh, and we were afraid he wasn't going to be able to chime in on this week's sports history piece, uh, which would have been a real shame because I know this one's gonna is gonna is gonna be near and dear to his heart. So we're gonna actually move it back to January twenty sixth, twenty twenty. LA Lakers basketball legend Kobe Bryant dies in a helicopter crash in foggy conditions in the hills above Calabasas, Southern California. Kobe, an absolute legend, considered one of the greatest players in the game's history. So rest in peace, Kobe. And coach, of course, I have to give you a chance here to just let the people know what Kobe meant to you and uh, and, and what kind of emotions that brought up now thinking about that. Sorry to put you in this situation. No, it's all good. I uh... When it happened, I thought it was a joke. I thought people were were making internet memes or trying to be jokesters. And then the more I started to read into it, the more it started appearing on the news channels and stuff. And and uh, and yeah, so that was definitely, you know, probably one of the sadder days of my life. Kobe was the reason I started playing basketball, the reason I started watching basketball. I wanted to be like Kobe. I wanted to do everything Kobe did. Uh, I... I don't know about you guys in high school when you would throw something in the garbage, you'd yell Kobe. Whenever you threw anything shot like a basketball, and I still do it to this day, you yell Kobe. Um, mm-hmm. So it 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 definitely uh, broke my heart. I was definitely in shock, and and I was on his Instagram the other day, just kind of going through and just reliving what you know he had on there, and uh, and to be honest, I you know. I almost cried. He's 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 one of my favorite athletes of all time, and and to think he's gone is still still seems a little nuts to me. And and there's a few people, obviously in in the world who have passed that I'm still in shock. Kobe Bryant being one of them. The other one was a was a music artist. Uh, rest in peace to Mac Miller. His uh, uh, his birthday just passed uh, kind of recently, and um, we'll leave that you know we'll leave that one out. We'll touch on that another episode, but. Yeah, it's, it's again. It's just really sad, and and there's still some times where I just, I just, it's hard to accept. I've got a, I've got a jersey hanging in my room, Kobe Bryant jersey hanging, and uh, actually, I've got every jersey. I got a purple one, a yellow one, and a white one. Uh, some number eight, some number twenty-four, and uh, I told myself after he passed that uh, I would never wear those jerseys. They would just hang there. And uh, I'm a man of my word, so uh, you won't see me wearing any of those jerseys just out of respect. So, yeah, rest in peace, Bean. We miss you. And, and uh, you know, thank you for being a, a part of my life growing up in high school. And I wouldn't be I wouldn't be in love with the game if it wasn't for you. So if you're listening, rest in peace from up there. Thank you. Well said. Very well said. Thank you. Well done. Well done, my friend. Uh, I would usually ask Seti to chime in, but I, I don't think he wants to follow up on that. So, so uh, we can leave it there. Oh well, I was just gonna say that uh, he's probably the closest thing, like our Mike, the Michael Jordan of our generation, if you really think of it, because kind of people our age were a little too young to see Jordan at his prime, but he was definitely the closest thing we we got uh, to seeing a, as a, a basketball legend and one of the greatest of all times. No, absolutely. Just the I think when you talk about the goat, there's there's a few that you can put into that category within any sport. Kobe's got to be right up there. Like I think MJ, Kobe, Wayne Gretzky, Tom Brady. To me, those guys are the goats, uh, and it's uh, it's it's really a shame that 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 was a life taken too too soon. Uh, but we'll forever remember the legacy and and what he made, what he did to the game, and and. Uh, the lasting legacy that he, he made. And actually, just uh, a brief note, last week we spent some time talking about women's sports uh, 
on the hockey side of things, but he did a lot for women's basketball, creating the Mamba Academy and creating a huge school of basketball for, for women and a lot of, uh, you know, young girls that grew up in that system. You're, you're kind of now seeing them making their way through the university level and even the WNBA. So did a lot for them as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, recipes, Kobe. Uh, and so I'm glad we, we, we were able to, to have a quick conversation about that. I think that's key and, and, uh, that's great. But if we want to stay on a topic of basketball here, guys, and I want to throw this out as well. We, we look at the All-Star game coming up here in the NBA. Kyrie Irving's sixth now in the All-Star voting for guards in the East. Clay Thompson's fourth in the West. Both have only played seven and six games respectively, not much uh, this season. So Kyrie, because of the non-vaccination issue and all that, Clay's has battled some injuries. Although they're star players... Should the All-Star game be reserved for the stars of the current season and be based off merit? Or do you guys think that should the the, the league have certain requirements to be an All-Star, like a minimum amount of games played? How, how would you go about this? Because I think we can all agree that these two guys, although very good and All-Stars in their own right within previous years, they haven't necessarily put All-Star seasons together this season because of just not being in the lineup for different reasons. So, so Seti, what do, you, what do you think of that? Where do you stand on this? Yeah, I'm in the school of thought where I think it should be based off merit merit for the performance of the current season. Uh, it's really unfortunate. I like you said these got these are kind of perennial all stars. You expect them, expect to see them in the all star game every season. But you know, due to the circumstances that you mentioned, they haven't really played much this year. So I think you should give those spots to to players that are actually performing uh, well this season. That you know, maybe some guys that are having kind of these one-off seasons that they're just lighting it up and might not even ever have a chance to, to make the game because of these types of players that are usually playing in it. So I, I think it's kind of outrageous that even before, actually even before Thompson had even played a game, he was already, I think, within the top 10 in all-star votes. So you think of guys, I mean, obviously I'm a Raptors fan, so I'm I'm a little bit more... Uh, hurt by this than maybe others but seeing guys like Fred Van Vliet who's having an an all-star season uh in his own right being left out because of a guy like Kyrie Irving who's only played seven games and you know just as a household name so is automatically being uh considered so you see guys like that or some other guys who are having these kind of unexpectedly good seasons this year and might not make an all-star game might be their only chance so I think it's unfortunate I kind of disagree with uh with the whole voting system. And this kind of takes me back to, you know, in a different sport, but the 2016 all-star game where uh, John Scott was voted in and, you know, participated when he had no business being there. So those are, those are the kind of things that I, I kind of disagree with and it should be kind of based off merit and they could still be voted in, but by maybe like the press or by their own peers uh, instead of being voted in by fans. So the way I see it is interesting, right? Because I think right now the way that it's done through fan voting is done purposely because these leagues want fan engagement. And so by taking the voting away, you're taking that fan engagement away, which is realistically, we think about this, this all-star games, whatever league it is, it's, it's for the fans. But at the same time, I think some players really value the honor of being there. And it's not like the league's going to fudge the numbers and and let's say Kyrie Irving gets the third most votes and they just they alter that and say ah he got the seventh or eighth most votes and doesn't make the all-star game because that would be a whole different kind of words but the thing that brings me back here is is wondering how much do these players really care because I think if if you're a guy like LeBron who's who's played in a ton of them I feel like you would probably prefer especially right now with with COVID still being a thing I wonder if I wonder, and I'm not going to speak on his behalf, and I'm not going to say this is for sure, but I wonder if this guy would rather spend that weekend with his family, maybe do something else, maybe go down south somewhere warm. I mean, he's already in LA, so it's not that that bad. But but do something with his family where he can take some time off, decompress. Or would you be like, no, he absolutely wants to be at the All Star weekend. He wants to take part in all these festivities throughout the weekend, and there's no ifs and or buts. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, you think of these guys like Kyrie Irving, who's already played in seven All-Star games. Do you think that 
he really kind of obviously it's still something you value in terms of you know the recognition but you know you got guys who've never made it before and who have a a possibility of making it i'm sure they would you know cherish the opportunity and the moment a lot more than a guy who's been in the all-star game you know seven to ten times yeah like like even putting a, a hockey perspective or a hockey lens on that think of a guy like drake batherson with the ottawa senators this guy's stoked. He's pumped up to be able to go to the All-Star game and to represent the Ottawa Senators. And if, let's say, a guy like Eric Carlson was still part of the Sens, I don't think Eric Carlson would give a shit that much. I think he'd be happy to take that weekend off, not have to think about hockey, and let Drake Batherson go and enjoy his first IHL All-Star game. So I, I, I think it, it kind of makes me wonder how much of these guys really care. Because I think we've seen it also in, in, in baseball. And I think with a few sports we've seen it where guys, I think Ovi's done it a couple times where they just opt out. They're like, nah, I'm good. Or they come up with fake injuries. where They're like, ah, my arm hurts. So it'd be interesting to get like an anonymous vote on these guys because definitely I think the first few times you're, you're pumped up. After that, I don't know how much these guys care. And the NHL's a little different, right? Because you've got one representative from every every team in the league whereas the nba you don't have that obviously the the teams are smaller you got smaller rosters so you can't really afford to to have a player representing each team but in the case of uh you know drake batherson if the Sens didn't have to have a representative there do you think he he would be there do you, do you think he deserves to be an, an all-star just because you know he's the best option out of his team when it comes to Batherson, yes. I think he's put up a really respectable season. I think it's actually the opposite. I don't think he would be there if the Sens didn't have a, to have a representative because he's the kind of guy that, because he plays in a market like Ottawa, would be over, overshadowed. And I think we think a lot about, like, Nazem Kadri's, I think, in the same boat in Colorado. I think if you're not playing for an original six team, you get all overshadowed a lot. And Nazem Kadri's put up a great season. I don't think enough people are talking about the kind of season Naz Spaz has had. But, I mean, back to Bathurst, he's played 30 games this year. He's got 33 points on a team that's not even in a playoff spot right now. So he's he's more than a point-per-game player on a sub-average team. So he's put up a really, really strong season. I think he's 100% deserving. Oh, that's fair. Uh, talking about All-Stars, and, and I guess maybe, maybe a little bit of... of of a lack of all-stars when it comes to team Canada's roster. And I think every roster at the Olympics this year, Beijing 2022 is right around the corner. Of course, the NHL is not sending players to the Olympics. And so team Canada's roster is actually just, um, I guess, leaked or accidentally posted by the WHF uh, on Monday night. Uh, and then automatically, I think a lot of people naturally commented on, on the roster and what they saw. One notable snub, I think we all discussed was Devin Dubnik being left off that roster in nets. Uh, shout out our good buddy Max Verano making the taxi squad. We thought he was going to make that team, but it's okay. Taxi squads respectable. I'm not. I'm not hoping for anybody to get hurt, but I mean, I won't be mad if somebody gets hurt. Get Max up there. He's already. A, he's already playing the NHL. Let's get him an Olympic start. We want him to be an Olympian. Uh, so super stoked for Max, but I mean, coming back to, to Team Canada and that roster in the Olympics, I, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to be watching the hockey portion. I think when it comes to the Olympics, there's a lot of a lot of different sports, a lot of great stuff to watch. I don't know if I necessarily want to watch that, and I'm sure you guys are going to disagree with me. And so I want to I want to give you guys a chance to to voice your displeasure with me. But I don't think I really care about the hockey portion of the Olympics this year without the NHLers there. Uh, you know what, to be honest, George, it's a little upsetting hearing that. I think I think if you really love the sport, you'll watch. Um, I think the only thing that would maybe hold me back from actually being able to watch games is the time change. Uh, you're in China, you're 12, 13, 14 hours ahead. So there may be some games at 3, 4 in the morning. Am I going to wake up for it? No. But am I going to say I'm not watching hockey at all? No, I'm definitely going to watch. At the end of the day, that's still your country, you know. Uh, they put a team out there; they'll be playing to uh, they'll be playing to win a medal and to win gold, obviously. And yeah, is is the roster super impressive? Is there anybody that really wow? 
uh, not really. I think uh, I think the best player on that team is uh, Eric Stahl, and that says something. That says something. You got a lot of guys who used to play in the NHL. Uh, you know, um, I recognize a couple names, but otherwise, it's nothing crazy. And, and it wasn't easy to make that roster. You know, the NHL was going. They, I'm sure, they had their idea set as to who they were gonna who they were gonna have on their roster. Last minute, NHL pulls out, so now you're back to you're back to whoever's left across Europe and other leagues. So is the team impressive? Not really. Am I going to watch? Yes. And it's not only to watch Canada. I think it's to watch the other countries as well. Uh, when it comes to when it comes to rosters, you got to look at you know the Finns, the Russians, the Swedes that have the majority of their uh, their players already playing out in Europe, whether it's in the uh, uh, the SHL, the KHL, the SM Liga. I mean, th- th- there's a lot of guys there that don't get to don't get to like to to play for their play for their nations when the NHL is there. So this will give them the opportunity to to shine. And like I mentioned in a, in an earlier episode, like, if NHL teams go watch, or if I'm sure they'll be watching, if if you could find a diamond in the rough there, you're doing well. So. As a fan, I'll be watching if it's at a reasonable time. But to say I'm not going to watch at all, I don't agree with that. I think if you really love the sport, uh, then you'll watch. Yeah, I agree with you. Like you said, it'll be hard to watch the games live uh, with the the time change. But I'll probably be tuning into the the Canadian games when they're replayed in the evening. uh, Just to, even though it's not the best product, you know, you're still supporting your your country and gives you a chance to see players that you're not really familiar with. Uh, now, as far, as far as this team and this lineup, I feel like the last Olympic team uh, who also that also didn't have any NHL players was a little stronger than this year's. Uh, so, yeah, like you said, the fact that Eric Saltz kind of the captain, the, the top player, although he did actually pretty well uh, just as of last year with the Habs, um, you know, it says a lot about the team. You got guys like, uh, Dernay and, and Daniel Carr, who also played for the Habs like a decade ago, who were never really top players, even in their prime. To see them make the team says also says a lot. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll still be watching. I'll still be supporting whether I think they, they'll be able to, to win a medal like uh, Canada did. Uh, what was it in 20... What year? Uh, in, in the... Whatever, in the last Olympics. Uh, sorry, what was it? Was it 2016? No, 2018. 2018, yeah. Oh, the Pyeongchang. last Olympics, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Yeah, Pyeongyang. Uh, I don't think they'll be able to to compete quite like they did uh, in those Olympics. Like I said, I think they had a stronger roster there. And I'm kind of surprised that they didn't have a, a, a bigger or stronger pool to pick from. But, you know, it is what it is. But I'll, I'll still be tuning in. I'll still be kind of following their, their results and, and cheering them on for sure. I mean, listen, am I going to be following the results? I will. Will I actually tune in the games? Again, I'm going to say it. I'm, I'm probably not. I mean, if you're going to give me the option between freaking downhill ski that I get to watch once every four years and a second, I'm sorry, but it's like a second slash third tier roster of hockey, hockey, I could just turn the NHL on probably at the same time. So I'm going to cheer for them. I'm going to hope they win. I'm going to, if, if, if Max gets into the lineup, I'm going to 100% watch. If he doesn't, I'm probably not going to. So, uh, if you guys, I'm curious to see what's your guys' top sport that you guys are going to be following that in the Olympics. I love the downhill ski. I tried skiing last week. Emphasis on tried. We attempted to ski. It didn't work out. I'll get to that later. But skiing is super cool. And I, I think when you think about how steep these these runs are and these hills and seeing the speeds these guys hit, it's incredible what they can do on these two little pieces of fiber, whatever it is they're made out of, composite. I don't know. These little skis. Coach, I'm going go, uh, to go downhill ski and, uh, and, and, and moguls. That's me. Coach? Yeah, I don't really care for any of that stuff, skiing, snowboarding, who, who gives a shit. I'm definitely watching hockey and hockey only. Uh, otherwise, the Olympics won't be on. I'll be probably watching the NHL and the NBA and, and all that stuff. So uh, I don't really like the Winter Olympics other than the hockey. As I said, I'm more of a 
I, I prefer the uh, the other Olympics in the summer, like basketball, soccer, volleyball, be, you know, beach soccer or whatever the fuck it's called. Hey, you like the beach volleyball there? Eh? Sure yeah. do. Sure do. So in terms of winter, though, I don't really care. Just hockey, pretty much it. T- touching on hockey and staying on that subject, I think we'd be remiss to, to, to gloss over this and, and not discuss it. Uh, the... I guess you can call it the incident that happened on Saturday night. Jacob Panetta and Jordan Subban, the ECHL. If you guys missed it, basically there was a little scrum after the whistle. Jacob Panetta does this gesture that he's saying is a tough guy gesture. A lot of people, including Jordan Subban, took it as a monkey gesture, uh, meaning a, a racist gesture towards Jordan Subban, who's, of course, P.K. Subban's brother. And this has opened up, I think, a, a whole conversation on where we're at in terms of hockey and racism. And I think I want to let you guys comment on this before I, I touch on it. I think I have a lot to say, but I, I want to get your perspective on this first and, and what you guys thought of that whole incident and, and uh, where do we go from there? I mean, it's obviously something you hate to see. It's obviously there's no place anywhere for it, not, let alone hockey. Uh yeah, it's not it's not something you like seeing, it's not something like hearing, unfortunately. It's it's kind of a a reality that we live in that there's these sorts of people out there that are willing or think it's appropriate to do these kinds of gestures. Kind of brings me back to I don't know what year it was, but when uh I think at the time he was playing for Philly, but Wayne Simmons was uh playing it was an exhibit or preseason game and someone threw a banana on the ice while he was on a breakaway. Uh it's you know it's just mind blowing that these things are still happening in in today's uh just in today, uh in kind of current times that you know there's still some people out there that that are willing to do these things and thinks that it's it's appropriate and you know it kind of makes me sick to my stomach to to watch the video when I watched it I was like I, I couldn't believe what I was watching and yeah it's uh it's unbelievable I obviously I think he was suspended kind of permanent suspension not coming back but uh even then it's i don't think that's enough i don't know where you go from there but yeah it's it's horrible we're in 2022 we've worked so hard over the years to eliminate racism to ensure that everybody's treated equally that to make sure that everybody's treated equally no matter your race your religion the color of your skin uh your your sexual orientation um we've come a long way we've come a long way it, it it may seem like it's been a while that you know we've that we've addressed these issues especially with the racism in sports i mean and and, and especially in hockey like there's been three incidents in the last month this one here in the uh, in the ECHL uh, involving Jordan Subban we had another one in the AHL last week uh, involving um, Imama. Uh, if you guys don't remember, played in the QMJHL, played for St. John's, drafted by Tampa Bay, now playing in the AHL. Um, apparently a racist uh, kind of like a, I don't know how to say it, uh, like a movement or like, very similar as to what happened to Jordan Subban happened. Um, and and then the incident that took place in Europe, maybe last week or the, or the week prior. So for these three incidents to happen in the span of a month, wipes out any progress that has been made over the, over the last few years in trying to become more inclusive, in trying to accept, you know, that everybody's going to play hockey, everybody wants to play hockey, and you cannot associate a sport to just white people, for example, right? So we're seeing a lot more uh, black players. We're seeing, um, you know, um, indigenous hockey players as well. We're seeing, we've seen, you know, Asian players along the way. We've seen um, uh, Indian players. It's just, you see that and you get that glimpse of hope that they're starting to include everybody and they're starting to accept everybody. You know, everybody's playing hockey. Hockey's a game for everyone. And then you get these incidents and you feel like despite taking a step forward, you're taking three steps back. So in regards to this incident, 
you're not making a tough guy gesture. You're a racist. You're a racist. There's no way around it. Um, and and I think what's so, what I find so hypocritical or so just mind-boggling is that you have to wait two, three days to release a statement. You have to wait two, three days to release your intentions. You're trying to be a tough guy. Fuck you, man. Jacob Panetta, if you're listening, fuck you. You're a piece of shit. You're, you're the reason why hockey is not growing. You're part of the problem. And until this problem is 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 eliminated, which sadly will it, it won't ever go away. You take this, it makes the media I've learned my lesson, and then there's just the next idiot that's gonna, you know, jump back on the ice and say something stupid or do something stupid. I think um, I think he deserves to be banned from hockey altogether. I don't think that guy should ever play hockey again. Um but I mean, at least as a pro, if he wants to play at his rink in his hometown, whatever. But I hope that, you know, that the next guy, that, that if, if he ever jumps back on the ice as a pro, he gets the fucking shit kicked out of him. Like, that's, you know, he, he deserves every punch he's getting. And it's just, it's just, it's too bad. It's too bad where we take pride in, in accepting everybody and, uh, including everybody, and then you see this kind of stuff, and you're like, "Fuck's sakes!" Like we're just making progress now, and now you gotta, you gotta, you gotta come out and make a monkey gesture, and now we're back to, we're back to square one. So it's 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 really upsetting, and I hope this has this won't happen again. But let's be honest, it's likely to happen again, unfortunately. Well, that's exactly where I stand on this. I think even looking back at at the comments, if you guys remember from Don Cherry and what ended up costing him his career in the end. We we often talk and comment saying, I can't believe we're still talking about this in 2022. I can't believe that this is still happening in 2022. I believe it. I'm, I'm not surprised that we're still having this conversation. I think it's always there. I think it's always been there. And until we we start calling this out for the shit that it is, it's always going to be there. And I'll tell you what, if it wasn't Jordan Subban that was the victim of this, and his brother wasn't P.K. Subban, who's got a following and and has this, this ability to put that word out on his social media to his, his massive following, we probably don't even hear about this. It's always been happening. And and I grew up playing minor hockey in Canada with a Middle Eastern last name, and I heard the fucking comments. It happened back then. It's still happening now. And it's an issue when it comes to the culture. Because racism is always going to be there. It's always been there. And it's a, it's a behavior that doesn't matter what hockey does. It doesn't matter what the NHL does. You're always going to have racist people in society. What we need to get to is a place where these racist people don't feel comfortable doing this kind of stuff on the ice. They don't feel like they have the liberty to do something like that with no repercussions. It doesn't matter who it is. But that's the real issue at hand here is that this kid thought he can do something like this and get away with it. He thought he can do something like this and nothing happens. And I'm glad we're having this conversation. I'm glad people had the reaction that they did on social media. Because he's going to learn his lesson, of course. But the lesson's not only his to learn. There's others just like him at every age that need to learn this lesson and understand that it's wrong. And we have to do better as a society all together, regardless of hockey, baseball, basketball, football, whatever the sport is. It's not a hockey culture has its its flaws. But I think it's bigger than that. This is bigger than that. And so I'm really glad we're having this conversation. It's an important one to have. And we have to continue this conversation and understand that this is a real issue that's that's happening every day. 
And just because we remember something that happened two years ago and then it happened on the weekend doesn't mean that it's never happened in between then. It continues to happen every day. And we don't see it. So I appreciate you guys' thoughts on this. I appreciate your comments on that. And let's keep that that going and, and, and let's keep that conversation going and, and make this world a better place for everyone involved. That got real serious. Real serious. Just, well, the, this, like, you we're seeing this shit happen, you know, like we said, uh, in the present. But it just makes you think of the kind of shit that the, you know, the, the athletes thinking of Willie O'Ree or, or Jackie Robinson, the shit they had to go through being the first, uh, you know, black athlete, whether it be in baseball or, or in hockey, like what they had to persevere through just to be able to make it and make a name for themselves in their respective sports. It's uh, it's unfathomable just to try to ponder what the, what they had to go through. They got death threats. Death threats for wanting to play a sport that they love. So we've definitely come a long way, but there's still a long way to go. And so let's let's stop the, I can't believe we're still talking about this in 2022. Believe it. Believe it and keep talking about it until we're rid of it. Really quickly here, guys, if we want to pivot as much as we can, <laughs> uh, talking about the divisional round in the NFL, and a uh, quick, quick recap here. I, I think we want to bring in producer Seggs in a minute to talk about his uh, his Buffalo Bills and, and uh, the heartbreak that they suffered on the weekend. Uh, but before we do that, we'll let him get warmed up here and, and, and see what do you guys think in terms of what you saw on the weekend. I think we've been really lucky to, to, to get some really exciting football. I think we can't complain about the quality. I think of that, that Cincy, Tennessee game, Joe Burrow, guy's legit. You look at the Rams, Bucks. I can't believe the Bucks almost came back and, and and won that. So, what did you guys think of the football on the weekend? Yeah, I mean, I think last last week I was the one to say that I was really disappointed with you know the lack of competition in in the wild card wild card round, and I was hoping for uh, some closer games in the divisional round, and they definitely didn't disappoint. You know, all four games were either decided by a last minute field goal or uh, by overtime so it was really i i mean i i was glued to the couch for all four games uh you know not embarrassed to say it because they were really exciting games to watch but i think the one thing that stuck out to me was uh how impressed i was by like you mentioned joe burrow in their second year guy coming in sacked nine times throughout the game uh i think it's an nfl record and just to be able to keep his poise, and even though he had hadn't thrown a touchdown all game, you know, still, still has the presence of mind to lead his team down the field with 20 seconds left uh, to get into field goal range to win the game. It makes me scared to see what's to come uh, in the future with the with the Bengals being the same division as the Ravens. Um, but yeah, I was, I was quite impressed with with what he was able to do, despite uh, you know maybe not the best performance from his offensive line. I want to touch on a, uh, the Rams game. As I said before, I respect Tom Brady. He's the GOAT. But you'd love to see him lose. He's one of those guys that you just like... Don't say that to George. You just love to see him lose. Like You love to see his team lose. Like When the Patriots would this lose... That's a bullshit be, take. I, I'd, be, I'd be overjoyed. Now that the Bucks are losing, I'm, 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 I'm overjoyed. It was a great game. I mean, nice comeback by the Bucks, but they just came up short. I think what I'm happiest about is it's for Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford played with the Lions for a handful of years. They were the worst team in the league for all those years. And to see him come to the Rams, to see him play with that team and do well, makes me happy. You know, I, I was tired of seeing... Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. I was tired of seeing Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl. We have a shot here to see Matt Stafford play in the Super Bowl. Something, honestly, let's be honest here, amongst us, nobody would have ever said Matt Stafford's going to play in the Super Bowl one day. Then goes to the Rams, has a sick fucking team around him, arguably the best wide receiver in the league, Cooper Cup. You've got OBJ on the side. Your defense is solid. Like, 
you've got a solid team. He's one game away from the Super Bowl. I'd love to see that. We've seen the Niners in recent history in the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. We all know how that went. And and, and against the Ravens. So, yeah. And against the Ravens uh, maybe 10, 11 years ago. But let's not touch back on that. I want to... I don't want I don't want George to cry. Shout but, out Colin Kaepernick. And then and then to see the Bengals on the AFC side. I mean Joe Burrow's legit. Joe Joe Burrow is not the best quarterback in the AFC. I'm still giving that to Josh Allen by a country mile. But to see Joe Burrow do well like that. I really think the Bengals, hot take, I really think the Bengals can beat the Chiefs this week. And I hope they do because I hate to see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I hate Mahomes. I don't like any of those Chiefs players. Like, fuck, like, fuck that, you know? So, anyways, all that to say, I'm happy for Matt Stafford. And uh, now that the Bills are out, I'm going Rams all the way for Stafford. Fuck you and fuck the Rams. (laughs) <laughs> and it's kind of surprising to hear too. Uh, I think it caught a lot of people by surprise. But Brady's saying that he's not sure whether he's going to come back next year. Is that was that the last time we see Tom Brady play? It'll be interesting to see what happens in the off season. But uh, yeah, I don't think anyone was expecting that. Yeah, I don't know why he keeps going. like at this point. I wouldn't blame him if he retires. He should have retired last year after he won. I feel like with a guy like that, high you know, high drive, you want to win championships. You should just win a championship and then ride into the, ride into the s- s- sunset with a Super Bowl and a Super Bowl MVP or I don't know whatever. Yeah, I don't know. You should have it's called an ego. Year. Yeah, big ego. <laughs> we don't have to hate Tom Brady because he's good. We just don't. We can have save to. that discussion for another time. Yeah, we can do a whole episode on or that. Or never. Hey, listen, you know what? I, I'm with you on Matt Stafford. I like the guy. I think you look at what he's been through with his wife and her health issues in the past. It's easy to root for a guy like that. And I think Cooper Cup seems like a, a, a nice guy and a good guy. So so good for them. Uh, but in terms of this week, I hope they get shit kicked. Jimmy G and the 49ers are coming to town. They're turning SoFi into Levi, and it's going to be a good one. One for the ages. But that's all I'm going to say for now on the Niners-Rams. When you look at Cincinnati right now, I think they're seven-point underdogs. The spread's at, at, at minus seven, leaning towards the Chiefs right now. If Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills can't go into Arrowhead and beat Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, there's no fucking way Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals are coming anywhere close. Don't count them out. I'm no not way. blaming. I'm not blaming Josh Allen on that. No, no. Well, no. You, there's no blame to be had. That was a fantastic football game, and this is where we're going to transition into Sags here. Producer Sags is going to let us know what he thinks. But Josh Allen's legit. He's my fantasy man. You know that. He's legit, and if they can't close the deal, if they can't close the book on on the Chiefs, there's no way Cincinnati will. No way. So Sags. Let us hear it here. I want I want it to be basically like the hose in Kempville, unfiltered. What do you think of that game and, and how it ended? I mean, I'll start right off right off the bat. Worst rule in sports. I mean, I think that's that's easy enough to say. Completely ridiculous. Um, kind of funny that in 2018 the exact same thing happened to the Chiefs against the Patriots, and they actually lobbied and put in a proposal to change the rule and it got denied i mean they're not the only team to do that i think since the rule change in 2010 there's been like six or seven teams that have lobbied to change the rule but yeah you get a game like that two quarterbacks just absolutely firing the whole game 36 points each and then you bring it to overtime and you just have the worst ending possible basically on a coin toss and yeah, like coach said too, I mean, you, you cannot blame Josh Allen at all. Number one defense in football played like shit, 13 seconds left in the game and you can't stop them from getting into field goal range. I mean, that's, that's embarrassing. Like that's, I mean, blame the defense, blame the coaching, whatever that, that was just, that was embarrassing. So, I mean, I would definitely say Bengals have a shot because all you have to do is 
play a little bit better than the, some of the worst defense that I mean the, the Bills have ever seen. That's saying something considering how bad they've been. Not in the last few years, but before that. But yeah, I think yeah, I just I still don't understand the rule. It's the stupidest thing ever. Uh, the one thing that I don't get to is I don't understand why it's like that. Like I understand in the regular season, you don't, I mean you don't want to obviously prevent injuries. You don't want to have these long ass games. They already only play once a week. And so you want to keep these games short. So I get that. But in the playoffs, I mean, some of my favorite moments in sports, not not some of, my favorite moments in sports are playoff overtimes in other sports. Sudden death NHL playoff overtime, insane. Even anything else too. I mean, 10th inning MLB playoffs, crazy. Even you go to more random sports too. Playoff, golf, at whatever, the Masters, just ridiculous so much fun to watch that's why you watch sports and you've got a game like this especially a game like this where you've got two defenses that are playing like shit but we'll focus on the offense two quarterbacks firing and crazy offense and you could have had just an absolute duel in overtime going back-to-back touchdowns until one of the teams slips up and doesn't score a touchdown I mean that would have just been incredible to watch and it baffles me that that's the way the rule is it makes no sense to me at all yeah i'd agree with that i think to answer why uh, it's the same reason that the nhl put in a shootout but that's not the case in the playoffs for the nhl and the reason why is because of these these major networks they have these time plots blocked in and they have to get to the next thing so for them, it's a scheduling constraint. So they can't have an overtime go for an extra 20 minutes. They need it to be quick. And that's why the NHL made the change to the shootout only in the regular season for this exact reason. There's no reason why a team's whole season is dictated by a coin flip. Because when you have two juggernaut offenses like we saw on Sunday night, you're going to get touchdowns. We saw it in the last two minutes. What was it? Three touchdowns and a field goal in two minutes. And so you can't you can't play an overtime where first touchdown wins. In an average game in the regular season, week six, whatever, do it. But in in a game that that carries so much weight, like it did on Sunday night, after the the performance that that Josh Allen and that Buffalo Bills offense put together, for them to not even get a chance to reply in overtime. Not only did the Bills get cheated, I think us as fans, as football fans, got cheated from from even more. That was an incredible finish, an incredible game, but I think it could have been even better. They didn't even get a chance to like, like you said, the minute that coin they lost that coin toss, it was over. The way those two offenses were humming, there's no way Kansas City was going to settle for a field goal. They weren't going to need to. It's just a shame that Josh Allen didn't get a chance to, to come back and, and reply and, and, and answer that. Yeah, I think that was a big thing for me too is because it's the NFL, everything is already so high stakes. I mean, they barely play any games all season. You grind to get into the playoffs. Barely any teams make the playoffs. And then it comes to this huge high-intensity game, and yeah, you don't even get to put all that work. In, but you don't actually get to actually capitalize on any of that effort, which is just, like you said, it's just a shame. And offline, I think producer Seggs mentioned it too. This is probably one of the few things that the CFL does right. Their overtime rule is actually pretty decent. There's better ways to get to the same conclusion that may take an extra 5-10 minutes. But it's well worth it when you're talking about a team's faith for the whole season. There's a better system that could be had. There are better options than just touchdown wins it field goal means the other team gets a chance to respond and i understand that getting a touchdown is harder it's more challenging but josh allen had no chance didn't get a chance to do anything i still don't buy your explanation george i still don't get it because from a network perspective too you get overtime you run more ads i don't it it makes no sense to me i just don't get it so playoffs in the playoffs yeah in the playoffs, exactly. In the regular season, I know for a fact that's why, because what happened was when NBC took the NHL contract back then, they didn't want, you know, there's so many NHL games every night, they didn't want these games running over by 
30, 40 minutes, 20 minutes here. It would just screw their whole schedule up. So they wanted these games to wrap up quickly. So you get your three periods in. If it's still tied, here's five minutes of overtime. If it's still tied, take a shootout. Let's get out of here. We got to move on to fucking Criminal Minds or CSI or whatever the fuck they have on NBC. They have to turn it on to Dateline. I'm assuming it's the same for football. We know that these networks basically own the league. It's it's probably something like that. But I still don't think that's justified when it comes to the playoffs. And I like you said, ad space is so valuable, especially in the playoffs. Like a game like that, who cares about whatever the hell you have going on afterwards? This yeah, is going to generate a lot more revenue. It's probably safe to say that more people were watching that game than criminal minds that was maybe playing after <laughs> yeah exactly they're probably losing more viewers after the game's done than they're gaining from whatever's scheduled the scheduled programming is for after the game right yeah yeah but to them they got the people to join in they got people to watch those ads they sold the ad space they don't they don't they don't budget in over times to their ad space but even like you said if you were, were comparing it to the cfl like they're you know in the nfl they're basically playing as if it was you know a, a new quarter they're they're kicking off and they're they're receiving the kick but the cfl the offenses are starting right off from the 35 yard line right so it's especially with offenses like this like you're not going to have five minute drives when you're starting from the, the 35 yard line so yeah. you can have pretty quick turnover and the first yeah like you said segs the the first de- defense that gets a stop that's more valuable than just oh can you score a touchdown on your on your, on your first drive like at least have give the opportunity to both teams to have the equal amount of possessions. It only makes sense. It's like having a, a shootout, whether in hockey or soccer, you know, the, if the first player scores, Oh, game's over. Like, yeah, that doesn't work like that. So why would you have the same, have this, uh, in the NFL? Cause There's at no the end of the day, this game was a shootout basically all game. Yeah. And it came up to a, literally a coin toss and it doesn't, I think a lot of people on social media kind of go both ways on this. Some people are like, it's always been like that. Leave it. You're only upset because your team lost. And if your team had won that, you wouldn't be upset. And and I don't accept that because you know what? I'm not a, that's not, I'm I, neither of these teams are my number one team. So to me, I had no stake in this game. And so for it to end this way, like I said, I feel cheated as a fan. It's not right. And I'm not going to accept it. Games should not end that way, especially the way that game ended in regulation. These games should not end in basically a first touchdown wins. Thanks for coming. See you later. Congratulations. You're moving on to the next round. You guys are going packing after a whole season. A coin toss dictates your season. I'm not going to accept that. I think Seggs said it best uh, off and kind of offline was there's no reason a stadium full of people at a sporting event should be cheering for the outcome of a coin toss. Like, yep. what, what does that say? Yep. I think that, that ties in, not what you said today, but what you just touched on, George, ties in more to how baffling it is to me. This isn't how it used to be. Prior to 2010, if you kicked a field goal, you won, which is even more insane to me and ridiculous. So, I mean, if they can change it to make it a little bit more logical that it's touchdown and not field goal or touchdown... I mean, I don't see why they can't change it again and make it actually make full sense and not just 50% make sense. And in a way, what happened on Sunday night is is maybe a good thing in that sense. I think it takes situations like that for the league to reconsider. It needs people talking about this for the league to reconsider this rule. It needs people to cry about this not being right, not being fair for the league to consider that. And that's what it's going to take. So this is a good thing that, that this is happening and that people are upset about this. That's the only way we're going to see change. But how many times do we have to wait for this to happen for them to change anything? Like Sex said, it happened to the chiefs just a couple of years ago and nothing's happened since. Yeah. Well, Hey, if I was the commissioner of football, if I was Roger Goodell, I would have made this change a long time ago. But you know, one thing that the chiefs don't have is Bill's mafia. So I'm sure Bill's mafia will have something to say with it. Patrick Mahomes is lucky. He didn't get thrown through a table on Sunday night. Producer Sags, I like this little cameo. We should do this more often. Thanks for thanks for joining. Thanks for yeah, joining a podcast you're already a part of. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Any anytime the Bills lose a coin toss in overtime, you let me know and I'll come on. We definitely will.
So I don't know how, how what time we're at. Let's quickly, I want to touch on this. As we're recording this, some, some information has come out. Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds have missed out on the Baseball Hall of Fame after not getting the minimum 75% of votes required after their second year or 10th year on the ballot, excuse me. Uh, so really quick, I guess this is kind of a way we're going to transition to Game of the Week. It's a yes or no answer, Seti. Barry Bonds, you think he has a place in the Hall of Fame, Baseball Hall of Fame, yes or no? Absolutely not. And Roger Clemens? Same thing. Coach? Listen, your name was on the ballot for 10 years. You had your chance. You didn't make it. Move over for the next guy. There it is. I would have liked to see Bonds in the Hall of Fame. Same for Clemens. But you know what? Their names are forever going to be tainted with with the steroid use. And so, hey, fair enough. It is what it is. Or it is what it is. Brewmaster Kyle, how you feeling, buddy? You're back with us? Yeah, I'm fucking hammered. <laughs> what was the percentage on that beer? We didn't talk about that. Standard 5%. Standard beer. Standard, Standard yeah, Canadian so def- beer. Definitely you're hammered then. Oh, yeah. 100%. Game of the week here, Brewmaster Kyle. What are you most looking forward to watching this week? Super exciting game. Really looking forward to this one. Uh, I think everyone, all of our listeners are really looking forward to this one. Um, Saturday night... Canucks and Flames, really, I know it's not that exciting, but I'm contractually obliged to provide a response to you guys. So uh, Canucks and Flames, that's the one I'm going to be watching after we move uh, Coach into his new mansion. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I, I actually took all of Sunday off knowing I'm going to be exhausted from from having Coach watch me move all his furniture. Seti, what's your game of the week? Uh, I'm going to go with some college basketball Uh on I believe on next Tuesday we got on February first we got uh, the North Carolina Tar Heels playing Louisville, so uh, two historically powerhouse college basketball teams not doing too well this year, but always fun to watch uh, these two juggernauts go head to head. So I'll be tuning in for that. Beauty, Coach. We got two questions for you. One, what's your game of the week? Two, what's what's for dinner on Saturday? So my game of the week is the uh, AFC Championship. I don't care about the NFC too much, especially with the 49ers involved. I really don't give a fuck. So, uh, nobody be Bengals Chiefs, be, be Bengals Chiefs uh, on the weekend. Um, to answer your question, I don't know yet what I'm going to feed you. I'm going to feed uh, whoever helps me move. We'll decide that day, I guess. I'll I'll make a judgment call. Perfect. Just in case, I, I like my steak medium rare. Also, oh. another question for you. When do the Colts play this? I haven't seen them in the playoffs yet. Well, you know the Colts got to buy, so they're actually playing the Super Bowl. They just they bypassed all the all the playoff rounds. <laughs> Sorry, producer Sags, you had, you're saying? Yeah, I want to jump in here for game of the week. You you made me come on and and cry some tears talking about my Bills and the devastation, but I want to switch over and bring some happiness to the end of the episode and talk a little bit about our Colorado Avalanche. So my my game of the week is going to be. When this podcast is released Wednesday night, Bruins, Avs, Ball Arena, Denver, Colorado. The Avs are on a 16-game home winning streak. Pavel Frantzos is expected to start. He's had back-to-back shutouts. Can he go for three? Going to be quite the game against the Bruins. Looking forward to watching that. So I'm going to play the under in that game. So wait, what did you say it's called, the arena now? Ball Arena? Yeah, it switched from the Pepsi Center and it's now Ball Arena. Some kind I have of no idea. environmental firm something they i don't know that's known for making mason jars mason jars there you go and recycling pepsi cans oh i see so went from pepsi center to recycling pepsi cans yep i like it well it's obvious which one i'm going with it's going to be the game of the week for for i think all of football rams niners sunday night 6 30 eastern standard time like i said earlier we're turning sofi into levi maybe i'll be there Maybe I'll find a flight. Maybe I'll buy tickets for $800 US and be there. Never know. But I'll definitely let you guys know on social media from there. Listen, really quickly, that's the end of our episode. A reminder, follow us on Twitter, at Pod with a zero, and on Instagram, at Pod. If you're listening right now, if it's Wednesday, January 26th, 
make sure you check us out on our on our Instagram story. We've got a picture of somebody on there, and it's a trivia question. We want to know if you can tell us who that player is. So it's a tough one. The guys on the table here around the table don't even know I posted this, but it's on there, and we'll see who gets the right answer first. It's a tricky one. No clues, no clues. And that's a wrap. That's our episode. On behalf of producer Segs, Brewmaster Kyle, SETI Coach, I'm George. Thanks again for listening to the Gym Class Zeroes podcast. Have a good one. Go Rams. Nine Ayers. I'm not beer snob. The wax baloney. The Newfoundland's take. Rest in peace from up there. If Max gets into the lineup, I'm going to 100% watch. <laughs>